How's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to Greater Alton Church. And, uh, yes, I am now officially a grandpa. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Carmody Kay, and she's back here with us. She was born on the 10th, and she's and we have two professional nurses as parents, so they brought her here. If you want to look at her, don't touch her. No, you can touch her. Don't touch her. Well, he's got to, he got shaking the head. I don't know what he's saying to me. But uh, it is an awesome thing, an awesome thing. My father did not get to see my two sons. He died at the age of 57. Didn't got, get to see Nathan or Matthew. I'm 57, and I'm getting to see my granddaughter, and it is a wonderful, awesome feeling, okay? And so, uh, I'm in a, yeah, yeah, great, great. You know, somewhere, at, I think in Proverbs, it talks about grandchildren are a gift from God. And the first thing I said to... Brian, I whispered in your thank you so much for this wonderful gift because I, I just um, I'm humbled by it. So it's really cool. Glad to see him here this morning as well. Speaking of um, of uh, being a grandparent, you might notice in your bulletin. Notice how I segued into that, just like Jack Buckwood. Okay, segue right into what we're doing. In your bulletin and inside, you're going to notice on the right hand side there's a thing of uh, how to have a new kid by Friday. Now, now, Brian and Matthew are well on their way. They've already got a new kid. Got it Wednesday. <laughs> so, but uh, we're talking there. It's a parenting class as well as for any grandpas or grandmas or aunts and uncles or anybody that's taking care of kids who would like to help children uh, with their attitude. And so uh, that's going to be starting October 1st here on Wednesday nights. Denise and I are facilitating that class. And so if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. In fact, if you are interested in taking that class, would you write in the back of your communication card, that's another piece of paper in your uh, bulletin, right on the back, you know, new kid by Friday, you know, and that way we know how many and kind of get a good count here, okay? That's going to be starting October the 1st. I've got to tell you about this weekend's coming up. It's our church seminar, and I hope you're all planning to be there. We've been talking about this for several weeks, so I hope you'll make the time. Please make the time to be at this. We're going to be talking about why do we do Sunday mornings? What's, what's the whole strategy of this? Why do we get together on Sundays? And we're going to be having three sessions by noon. And then we're going to go out to eat together uh, in our small groups or discipleship groups and just talk about it. And that'll be, the, that'll be it. You'll have plenty of time in the afternoon to mow your grass if you have to do that. Uh, we want you to know that uh, we will be done by noon. And that's coming up this weekend. Also... You're going to notice uh, next, I guess below, right-hand corner, the root beer uh, bash at SIUE. That's going to be the first time first time we've had it uh, on the campus. And uh, it's just funny. A great logo. They've got a guy from the 70s on a moped with a little keg in the back, and he's looking cool. I think he's got an eye patch. Am I right? Something like that. I thought that was just cool. And uh, already, if you, if you want to check out Facebook, the campus ministry on Facebook or across between, uh, you're going to see a video there. Neil, who's a very reserved, quiet gentleman, is very much out of himself as they reenact a scene from Hot Rod on uh, coming to, um, I loved it, coming to the Root Beer Bash. Okay, thanks. Okay. We're not going to show it. <laughs> okay. Check Facebook. <laughs> show it, show it, show it. Okay, what else? Uh, let's see. You're going to also notice, and Joe, want, Joe McKenzie wants me to tell you this, this uh, Krispy Kreme thing inside the bulletin up at the top. He's needing help, guys, and if you're going to help, make sure you talk to him uh, so they can get these Krispy Kremes sold uh, quickly, and that's going to be again uh, a, a couple of weeks as well. Uh, the rest, read the bulletin. Go away. Read a book. You'll figure it out. Okay. Today we're talking about living like I have nothing to lose. We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount is what we're going to be doing. We may be doing the Sermon on the Mount all the way to the end of the year. And uh, it just there's so much in it. You have on this Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7 and in Luke 6, you have a series of sermons by Jesus. And these are the, these are the words of a king, the king of kings. And when you stop and think about it, he is sharing what's important to him, what matters to him, what his kingdom is all about. If you read the Gospels, you find it says, it says that Jesus began to speak and preach about the kingdom of God. And sure enough, when he gets his chance, he sits down back in the day, the preacher sat down, and everybody else stood on their feet. And you think the sermon's long sitting. Okay, well, I think imagine that, okay? He, he starts talking about all these values that he has as the king in his kingdom. And right off the bat, 
before we get to any about the narrow gate and the broad broad gate or the narrow road and the broad road or about murder or adultery or any thoughts about the wise and foolish builders which are highlights in his sermon series he starts with one phrase just one and that's he says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God now think about that for a minute before he talks about anything else he says you need to be focused on something and that's your poverty you are poor what's it mean to be poor in the Spirit. It's an interesting phrase there. Before he talks about anything else, he says, this is where you start if you want, want this sermon to be the best sermon ever. And he says, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I think I have a few other verses, some other uh, examples from other translations and, and variations of this text. Look at this one. Blessed are those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. Hmm. Look at another one. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you There's more of God and His rule. That's the message paraphrase. Look at this one. God makes makes happy those who know that they need Him. The kingdom of heaven is for them. Here's here's the contemporary English version. God blesses those people who depend only on Him. They belong to the kingdom of heaven. That's what I want to talk about this morning is this idea of Living like you've got nothing to lose, because what he's telling us right off the bat here, as he starts his sermon, you are, you have nothing. You are poor. The word means to be a beggar, a beggar for bread, to be to be bankrupt, to have nothing. I've got to think, and, I, and uh, here's how I would illustrate this. Let me show you. I got thought this was kind of cool. Um, it goes something. It goes something like this. This is what poor in the spirit looks like. Now, what do you see? What are you seeing besides an old grandpa? <laughs> you know, these are these are Jesse chapels. That's why they're so. Look how tall I. You know, come on, <laughs> Jesse. Come on. You could have done. Okay, well, these are from the chapel house. What do you notice? What do you what do you notice? With crutches. You know, we look at crutches and we think they're such a bad thing, don't we? Oh, look, that person's hurt. Right? When we see crutches, oh, look, they must have had an accident. They, they must have twisted their ankle. They're needing help. Oh. And see, now we're getting closer and closer to what this is really about. You see, being poor in the Spirit, someone once, one time said, uh, you guys, you Christians, you use God as a crutch. And we think it's an insult. But see, the reason I'm on crutches, it shows how, how inadequate and how limited in my ability I am. And this is what God wants you to look like. The world doesn't want you to look this way. The world wants you to look strong. I don't need these. I don't have to have these. I can sit on my own feet. In fact, would life get you down? You pick yourself up by just grabbing bootstrap and pull yourself up by the bootstrap you ever tried to do that how high do you really get but that's what the world says see and Jesus says no my kingdom it's about this it's about you depending and leaning on me you ever thought about this guys Jesus says at the beginning of his sermon he wants you guys to know I am not interested in changing this this is what you're supposed to be. Oh, God, would you take away my weakness? You know how many times I've said the same thing. Oh, God, if you just take away, why am I this way? You ever felt like that? Why do I do that? Why do I say that? Why do I tend to be this? I just wish God would take it away. And there's some things I think God does take away. But He doesn't take away too much. Because if He took it all away, you know what would happen? We wouldn't need Him anymore. He knows that, and by the way, He is saying you cannot be happy without this. So if you're interested in getting rid of your crutch, and by the way, I heard somebody else say, Jesus is not my crutch, He's my iron lung. (laughs) Another guy I read this week or heard this week say, Jesus is my personal trauma and EMT center. You know, just basically I've got a whole... I'm a bubble boy. I can't get out. I have to have this. And Jesus is not interested 
and you throwing away your crutches. He wants you to depend on Him. What's that look like? You know, this week I, I listened to people like John Piper, Rick Warren, read people I never heard of, looking at how do people handle the poor in the Spirit. Last time I handled something like that and talked about poor in the Spirit, I thought, man, I have no idea what this is about. This is really hard to figure out. How can it be? The, how can it, you know? What is this really about? And I used to think it's all about grunting and you know spiritually grunting and being stronger and you know you got to see you know how you know you're so poor you're you're pitiful yeah you're pitiful and yet that's not really what poor in the spirit's all about. But I think on your notes there's a there's a blank there. Am I right? There's a blank. Pull that thing up. Look at it, look what being poor spirit means. It means I depend on God instead of myself. If you want a definition, a practical definition of poor in the Spirit, it means I depend on God instead of myself. I want to say it again. God is not interested in taking away your crutch. Moses, I can't talk, I can't talk, I can't talk. I've responded already, now talk to my hand. I'm done talking to you, Moses. I made you that way. So you're not going to take it away? Generations later, Apostle Paul says, you know, I asked God three times. You should have learned something from Moses, Paul. He asked God three times. I asked God three times to take it away, and he wouldn't take it away. And then... What did you learn, Paul? Well, I'm going to say something that's going to go on T-shirts and it's going to be a cliche in, 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 my, in, in the Lord's kingdom. What's that? That my grace is sufficient. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What's that mean? It means that I depend on God instead of myself. What's that look like? That's what I want to break down today because Jesus starts there. You're a beggar. You are bankrupt. You are poor. And see, we see that as a bad thing. By the way, let me say this to you. I, I learned that this, I learned from one of these, several of these lessons I was looking at, seeing how people were dealing with this. One of the things I thought was interesting, a very interesting way to say it, is that it came, it came to me this idea of there, there is poverty by circumstances and poverty by choice. Is that true? Can you stop and think about it? A lot of truth there, isn't there? There's poverty by circumstances. Somebody else makes a choice. Some guy at Wall Street decides to put an extra O where he shouldn't have, and we have a crash. And you're thinking, man, I lost my job. Who, what did I do? You didn't do anything. Some goofball hit the wrong key or got greedy and sent the economy in a tailspin. That's poverty by circumstance. But then there's the poverty by choice. And that's where I say I accept it was my fault. It's my deal. It's on my end. And that's what Jesus is talking about here this morning. He's saying, blessed, I can, I can make you happy if you choose to admit and accept how poor you really are. So, what's this depending on God instead of myself look like? Well, let me give you five areas that I notice the Scriptures teach when it comes to depending on God. That that when we are poor in the Spirit, these are the things that we will do. Let's look at the first point. That is, I depend on God's wisdom, not mine. That's what it means to be poor in the Spirit. I depend on God's wisdom and not so much my own. You guys ever uh, made a decision you thought was right? I just know it's the right thing to do. And it ends up being a disaster. Look at this passage here. Solomon must have had this happen to him several times and noticed it in others. There is a way that may seem right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. I just know this is the right car to get. Oh, I may have trouble making the payments, but I just know this is a good idea. It just feels right. I'm at the right place at the right time. It's the right color. You know, I, 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 I finally met the perfect person. And I, I just, you know, it's kind of like a Amy Grant. It can't be wrong. When it feels so right. It just feels right. And it ends up being a disaster. 
I got this job. I want to get this job. I'll move anywhere. I got the perfect job. God opened the door. He must have opened the door, Tim. I've been praying that he'd open the door. But if you had like the CSI in heaven come down, they're going, we're fingerprinting right now, Gabriel. What do you got? It's not Jesus. Look, the hinges are kicked off. Tim did this. Are you sure, Lord? I think you opened the door. Bang! <laughs> no. You ever force it? Think this is... This seems right to me, but it's a disaster. Yeah. See, I can't trust myself. You really can't trust yourself. We're not near as wise as God is. But Tim, I, you know, this happens and I go, Man, what was I thinking? You weren't. You were feeling. You were feeling. You weren't listening. God was trying to get your attention. Somebody's trying to get your attention, but you just bull right through. Now we must depend on God's wisdom, not ourselves. Look what it says here. I love this in Proverbs 3. Again, Solomon says this. Notice something here. I noticed something. There's three things he says to do with the Lord. Trust the Lord. Underline that. Trust the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Oh, he's flat out straight there, isn't he? Remember the Lord's. Underline that. Remember the Lord in all you do. You know, this, uh, this morning, uh, Michael and Pat were discussing the chapel family. And I had asked for a crutch from Susan. Could you get me a crutch? And Michael goes, yeah, I'll tell you what, you ask, you ask Susan, it's there. She is 100% if you ask her to do something. Good point. Gary, 90%. I said, that's still good. Jonathan, 12%. 100, 90, 12. What happened? I'm just telling you. That's the way it is over there. And I, and I got to think how that's funny. I got to thinking about this. And Jonathan's going, I need to talk to a couple of guys after church. Yes, you do. And I would give them more than 12%. But but this idea of, you know, it says trust the Lord, remember the Lord, depend on depend on the Lord, not on yourself. Respect the Lord. This idea of well, how much do I bring the Lord into it? Is it a hundred percent? Is it ninety percent? Or is it twelve percent? A lot of times we ask ourselves, you know, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, we, we look at them, we go, they're high maintenance people. Why are they such high maintenance? Because they won't let the Lord work in their life. And if you, if you wonder if you're a high maintenance person, just ask your spouse. <laughs> ask your mom, ask your dad, ask your parents, you know, ask your kids, ask your friends. Your, try that in a discipleship group. There might be a food fight. Maybe you're high maintenance because the Lord doesn't get to work. You don't trust Him. You don't remember Him. You don't depend on Him. But you depend on your own. Your own wisdom. I'm not as smart as God. How about you? Not even close. And look at this. I love this in Proverbs 2. This is one of my favorite Proverbs because it really encourages us to, to depend on God God's wisdom over our own judgment. Look, it says, if, and I love that, the word if's in there a lot. If you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as if for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then, what a marvelous promise, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I've asked myself, what does depending on God look like? And here's what, what uh, one fellow said this week to me. As I was listening to his lesson, I loved this thought. I depend on God's wisdom by praying, reading, and applying. I, de- I know if I'm depending on God's wisdom, if I'm praying, well, how much do I pray? I have people say, would you pray about this? And I wonder how often, how often do we pray to God? If you're depending on God, you pray all day. You pray all day about it. You talk to God all day. You know, God's not into texting. I'm gonna, you want me to pray about it? God, uh, would you kind of do this? Whoop! That's what my phone does. Whoop! 
Is that what your iPhone does? I know it's got self. Whoop! God, I need help with this. And would you help this person? Whoop! I got it covered. I said it. And like he's in a mail room somewhere. Oh, here comes a text on. What is it? Uh-huh. And I just wonder if I sometimes if God would like to go. That's the that's the one you receive. You got to be kidding me. You're going to shoot me a text? You're going to ask for it once and think I'm going to do something? That's not depending on me. That's using me. And guys, I just want to tell you this morning, if you really want to depend on God's wisdom over your own, it shows up in praying. It shows up in reading. It shows up in reading the Bible, reading books, reading and learning. He says, if you look for it like you're looking for silver, you use your eyes if you depend on God. You use your mouth and ask God. And by the way, God's not stingy. We know that in James from last week. He'll give us wisdom. But He also, when we read, we find. Then we find. You know, how do you find hidden treasure? You've got to find the spot where it's buried. Right? And reading helps you find the spot where God's wisdom is. How much are you reading? I'm not a very good reader. I don't like reading. Then you're going to have a hard time finding the wisdom of God. You say, well, I'm not very good at reading. Have somebody read to you. You've got Bibles on audio now. I, by the way, a lot of times I'll do my quiet time. I'll, have it, I'll go to Bible Gateway and I'll put it on audio and listen to it. Because there's something about hearing the Word of God. Not just reading it, but hearing it. So It's so encouraging. And apply it. Put it into practice. Find ways to get it. Why? Because, when, because it embeds in your life. Then you... You, that's when you know you're depending on God. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Listen to a, an older fellow this week and uh, tell me that uh, we're looking at the, the lessons. We're looking at the lessons, uh, the new, new studies we have, and one of them is the Kingdom Studies, and it's on Lesson 6, Pleasing God. And he said, Tim, I'm reading this. Please, God, please, God, please, God. He has a... He has a uh, encounter with his neighbor and he is grumpy a very grumpy person and they're getting into it and he says Tim I'm reading this I'm going I need to do something so what's he do he goes back and talks to this guy this man is not known for doing this and he goes I'm seeing it I know what I need to do and he goes and talks to the guy he goes I'm shaking hands with him we're smiling we're getting along that's, that's peacemaker stuff, guys. Isn't that awesome? You know, it's good to, to pray about, God, help me be a peacemaker and, and let me learn all those skills, but then it's crunch time when I've got to start putting it in practice. And when I do, that's really depending on God. That's when you finally say, okay, the weight is going on the crutch. Let's see how, how much it can hold. So I depend on God's wisdom. That's the first thing it starts with. Another thing I do is I depend on God's strength not mine. That's what poor in his spirit looks like. I depend on his strength when I don't have it because I don't have it. Look at it says here, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? What's he saying there? He says stress reveals how strong you are. You guys have meltdowns? You get overwhelmed? And he goes, we're going to mow the lawn. <laughs> Boy, you're weak emotionally. Weak there, Tim. I got all this stuff to do. Matthew calls, hey, listen, uh, you want to come down to the hospital? Why, somebody hurt? Well, come and see. What kind of answer is that? <laughs> I'm busy. Denise Davidson's on vacation. Brian's sick. She called in sick that morning. I really am messed up. See, I don't see a wisdom. I'm going... Well, what's going on? Well, come and see. Is the, is the baby here? It's supposed to be here next week. Not now. It's crazy right now. Well, come and see. Come and see. I'm coming down there and I'm going to show you. Get down there. Oh, it's the baby. Everything stops. And it's tracks. No, it doesn't. It keeps going and going and going and going. I just go, who cares now? Where did I get this strength that I didn't have just a few seconds ago? Well, it comes from a baby. Oh, so we need to have babies. That's it. Everybody needs to start having babies. And it won't be so... St- no. That can't be it. What is it? God, God brings into my life something that, that says, 
Hey. Hey, Tim. Huh? Slow down. You'll be fine. Everything, chill out. It, it worked out. That's got to be a Hebrew word, chill out. Got to be. <laughs> I'm encouraging Gary now. Oh, no. I've learned, I've learned, it's not just getting older. I've learned this as, as I've gotten older. And what, you know, someone said to me this morning, well, now you're gray hair. Now, you're, now the gray hair makes sense. And I'm like, yeah. What? And, 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 and do I look older? I must look older now because I'm a grandpa, you know. And I'm thinking, how does my mom feel? You know, she's a great grandma, you know. How does she deal with that? But I, I, I think about as I get older, I get tired more easily. And some of you older folks are going, <laughs> you're such an idiot. Of course you get tired. You're old. You do. You get tired. You can't do everything. You can't handle everything. It's too much. Man, I remember burning the candle on both ends. I was going, 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 and now I can't even find a match. Man, I'm in, I'm in trouble. But we get tired, and I, and I say that jokingly, regardless of your age this morning. Can I say this to you? If it's not true, tell me later. Tell me I'm lying. You ever get tired, so tired, you can't pray? You can't read your Bible, you're so tired? And if somebody calls you and says, would you set up a study with somebody or get with that person? You go, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. I don't have the strength. I don't have the emotional strength. Physical strength, of course. Emotional. Mental. There's some trouble, and I'm, just, I'm finding out. Some of you here don't have the strength sometimes to, be, to enjoy, to rejoice. And I bet you there's times all of us here at some time or another have felt this way. I don't even have the strength to endure. I just can't do any more. I'm putting in glass all week. I'm running around like a chicken with a head cut off, trying to do everything. And i got all this big list of stuff. And I come home and Denise goes, she's trimming the, the bushes. Hey, why don't you get a rake and you can help rake up. And I'm going, you've decided it's 7 o'clock. And you're going to do What? What are you doing? We've got to get this done. And Why don't you go get a rake? So inside, I've got nothing. I'm a zombie. And I go over. I, I pick up a rake. I walk over. I kid you not. I go... <laughs> I, said, I, I can't. She goes, it's okay, Tim. And I sit down. And, I'm, and the TV's not even on. You know, you know you're really tired when you, the TV isn't on and it's entertaining you. That's when you know there's a problem. <laughs> but guys, you know, and I say, I say to you, there's the physical fatigue we have, there's the mental fatigue we have. Been at church, boy, we've been through it, haven't we? You look at the last several years, we have sure been through it. Emotionally, mentally, you know, physically. And how did, I look back, I go, how did I do that? Where did I get the strength for that? Don't you ever want, how did I get through that? Man, I was ready to quit, and somehow I got a little more strength. You know what happened? You depended on God. Your, your strength is, well, you know the good news about this? When you have no strength left, God is never tired. Never tired. He doesn't even sleep. He never sleeps. He goes, you say, well, he rested. Well, okay, built, making everything must have been pretty tough. He took a little break, but he don't take a break with you. He's always strong. He's always strong. Look at what the Scriptures say here. It says, You bless all who depend on you for their strength. Look at this next verse. Even young people get tired. You ever watch kids? You'll be sitting in the, maybe in the kitchen or somewhere else, and you hear those commotion. It sounds like Custer's Last Stand somewhere else. And it's like, and then it just goes. <laughs> kids aren't talking. Something's happening. You look in there, and it looks like Pompeii. They've just... You know, these figures have fell, and they like they're all dead. They're all they, they conked out. There's no more energy. I'm so glad to know that even young people get tired. But he says, and you'll stumble and fall when you're tired. You make mistakes when you're tired. You drive off the road, say things you should when you're grumpy. Blah 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 blah. 
But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Not theirs. That's old strength. No, they find some strength somewhere else and it's new. They find that second wind. They'll be strong like eagles soaring upward on wings. They'll walk and, and run without getting tired. Where do they get this strength? It's not from themselves. We get tired, guys. You get tired. Some of you leaders, you're tired. And I understand. We, we're, some of us are working two jobs. Some of us are doing it so much. And we're tired. And we think, how am I going to have the strength to go on? And almost like, could blow you over. A small problem. And it's, you're emotionally having a meltdown. You're mentally having a meltdown. You need the Lord's strength. He'll give you new strength. I look back and go, how did I get through that or that or that or that? It had nothing to do with my strength. It was the Lord's strength. And when you depend on His strength over your own, my oh my, my oh my, what a difference it will make in your life. We say things, I can handle it, I can handle it. You remember, I got it, I got it. I don't got it. On your own strength, Sooner or later, even the strongest man in the world has to sleep. And sooner or later, you hit your wall. When you, depend, when you hit that wall, depend on God. God, give me the strength. Give me the strength to get up and meet with this person at 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning? Really? 6 in the morning, Lord. Give me the, can you give me the strength? that I can get you out of bed at 5 if you ask me. Lord, give me the strength to serve a little bit longer because I'm exhausted. And Give me the strength to rake, rake the, the leaves or rake whatever it is. You know, give me the strength to... Father, this, this illness is just overwhelming me. Give me the strength to get through this. Give me the strength to get through this. That's what we need to be doing. That's depending on God's strength. Guess what happens? You find strength. How is Stephanie still vertical? How is that woman still vertical? She's supposed to have been dead a long time ago. Where does she get the strength? She's exhausted, guys. That chemo is taking every bit of her energy. Where does she get the strength? Where does my brother get the strength to keep loving someone who's sick? You know where it comes from. Some of you know. They've got to be depending on God. Because nobody can do that on their own. How many marriages do you know fall apart over illness? Over death. Over a ch- death of a child. It happens. They physically, mentally, emotionally cannot handle it. But when you depend on the Lord, you find that new strength. How do I handle the loss of a job? It's, de- it's destroying me. I was talking to somebody this week. I said, man, I just want a job so bad. And some of, many of you, not some of you, many of you are wanting a job so bad. And it's killing you. You hope in the Lord. He'll give you the strength to get through there. Must be something else up. God must be doing something else there. It says here in Psalm 73, and I love this passage because it gives me a great deal of comfort as we get older. And I say to you people, 50 and above or 60 and above, you know, our young people watch us and they see how we carry ourselves. They're not just watching how we live. They're seeing how we die. How we die to ourselves. Okay? And look at it. I love this passage. My health may fail and my health is not what it used to be. I get it. And my spirit may grow weak. There's times when it's overwhelming as an older person. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I can say with like Caleb, give me the mountain. And I'm in my 80s. How does God give you a second wind like that? How does God give you longevity to, when your strength can't do it? Because I notice I'm getting older. I can't, I, I, I'm starting to say this. Some of you are starting to make sense. Some of you older folks, I'll say, hey, we're doing, we're doing a slip and slide. Why don't you come and, and have some fun? They said that to me at the campus thing. Come on, Tim, let's have some fun. If I hit that slip and slide, I won't be getting up. It's going to be slip the hip. Sound like a bag of wrenches. Oh, no. And I hear some of you older folks, you say to me, you know, Tim, wait you get up here. You can't do as much. And I want to say to you, don't say that to me anymore. Let's say this. When I get, when my body starts falling apart and my spirit starts growing weak, I'm going to remain, 
God is going to be my strength. It's going to give me that mental, physical, emotional edge. And yeah, I may do it different, but I'm still going to serve the Lord. They've got to carry me out of here in a box. Not soon, but you know. Number three, I depend on God's timing, not mine. If I really pour in a spirit, I depend on God's timetable. What is it about us? You ever find yourself in a hurry? And I wonder if the culture's doing this, doing that to us. There's fast food. How many Fast and Furious movies are there now? Ten, twelve? I mean, I think they can. You can buy a pack of them now. You know, Fast and Furious 15. You know, whatever. Fast. We're fast. We got to have it fast. There's the express lane. Right? The express lane. G4. I'm thinking, well, I live long enough to see G20, G80. Oh, man, you're on G79? Ugh, G80. It's texting before you even text it. It's that fast. We're in a hurry. You find yourself in a hurry? Look, look at the Bible says here. My soul is deep in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? This is written by a guy who has 3G. How long? How long? He's got dial-up in life. How long? How long? David's saying this. You know, you know guys, it's, it, it's a fact of life. We, all, we want to go faster. We want to go faster. Why? And when we do, we get frustrated because it's not working out like we want it to. It's not working out with our timing. We get in a hurry, and that's what gets us in trouble. We get in this hurry, and that's what gets us in trouble. I don't know how many times Dad says, slow down, Tim, slow down a bit. Why? Well, one day he wasn't there, and I was in a hurry, and I run off the road. Okay, there's something about listening to your father say, Listen to me when it comes to time. Why is it we try to control the clock? You know, today we're going to be watching a lot of football. Some of you are going to be, you know, we're watching football, and at halftime, near the halftime, near the end of the game, the team or the coach is going to control the clock. How are they going to control the clock? Well, they have a timeout. Just call a timeout. Timeout. He's trying to control the clock. He ran out of bounds. He's trying to control the clock. And the thing is, no matter how many out of bounds or fake injuries or timeouts you run out, it still ends up zero, boop, boop, zero, zero. I got time on my hands. No, you don't. Who told you that? You and I don't control the time. Only God controls the time. And when I start depending on Him, when I start waiting on Him and letting His timetable play out my life, I won't make near the mistakes. You know, we say, man, Lord, I want, I want the money now. I want the perfect job right now. I, I want the perfect person right now. And we will finagle. And we'll try to control the clock. And you know what happens every time you control the clock with the Lord? It ends up being a bad time. A bad time for something to happen. Because it's based on your clock and not His. Look what, look what David says here. My times are in your hands. Write this down. Look up Ecclesiastes 9.11. That was in yesterday's text. Ecclesiastes 9.11. And you're going to find that Solomon says, he talks about timing and uncontrollable factors that make life very complicated. Well, they're uncontrollable on our end. We can't control the timing you see, every breath you take, every moment you get to live, guys, it's, by, it's only by the, it's a gift from God. I'm holding my granddaughter in my arms, and I'm like, this is awesome. And I realize only, only by the grace and love of God do I get to see this. My father did not get to see it. Not get to see his, his didn't get to see Nathan or Matthew, but I'm getting to see and she's cute, and I'm not being biased. She's cute. It's going to be a heartbreaker. 
I read I've, two things I want to say to you here on this point. This is something that, that I listened to and it really helped me and I hope it helps you and I want to pass it on to you. Delay doesn't mean denial. That's the first thing. Delay doesn't mean denial. Why? I can't, how come I can't get married? How come, I, you know, guys, we, we end up lowering our standards lower and lower and lower on our timetable. And God sets a higher standard and it's worth the wait. I think uh, Chris and Mickey were engaged yesterday. Is that yesterday? Yeah. I saw your hand. Hold your hand up. At first I thought, she's praising God. She's showing the ring. Okay. I just noticed that. <laughs> but I... You know, God's timing. We get in a hurry. And delay doesn't always mean denial. Another thought I had was this. It was, was This was said to me and I wrote it down. While I'm waiting, remember, while I'm waiting, God is working. Now, I'm always saying, hurry up, God. He's saying, wait, Tim. Wait. That's how God's timing seems to work. Now, I'll try to jerry-rig with the time clock, and guys, I get myself in trouble. Abraham and Sarah is an example. He's 100, she's 90, you're going to have a kid. Are you kidding? Are you really kidding here? No. And so they're thinking, how's that going to happen? How's that going to work? I'm 100, you're 90. There's no way it's going to work. So Sarah goes, I know what we'll do. We'll get a maidservant, and I want you to sleep with her. What a crazy woman. I want you to sleep with another woman. Honey, are you sure about that? I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, 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 I think this, this is how it's going to work. Does it work? No. No. And all of a sudden, one day, Sarah's pregnant. God says, let me decide when. Depend on me. Depend on my timing. And it'll, it will be at the right time. You know, it says in Proverbs, we can make plans, but the Lord determines the steps. It says in Ecclesiastes, God makes everything happen at the right time. So stop trying to control the clock. You can't. Number four, I depend on God's justice, not mine. You ever try to get even with somebody? (laughs) I've tried. One time my brother was giving me a hard time. He takes off running to the house. I got a dirt clod in my hand, and I throw it at him. And I can—I'm pretty good at that time. I was very good at putting it where I wanted. The dirt clod's going. My brother's running, laughing at me, and it looks like it's perfect timing. It's going to hit him in the head. He trips just before it hits him, and it goes through the door in the house. I go from, oh no, I'm in trouble. That's the way it usually works. We try to take matters into our own hands, we get in trouble. We make it worse. And guys, I've heard people say, we live in a broken world. What do you mean by that? I always ask them, well, things are broken. What do you mean? What what, What it means is, everything's busted and broken, even relationships. And you're not going to please everybody. You're going to disappoint people. You're going to mess up. And you're going to get criticized. I'm learning this. I've learned this recently in the last several years. I'm not going to please everybody. My head knows that. My heart says, yeah, you can. No, you can't. And so there's been argument for years of my life until I realized if Jesus, who was perfect, could not get along with everybody, I'm not perfect. I'm probably going to have a list of people that are going to be disappointed in me. They're going to call me a liar. They're going to call me a cheat. They're going to question my character. They're, they're, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're messed up. We break things in each other. We hurt each other. And when somebody hurts me and when somebody hurts you, don't you want to get even? Yeah. Look what the Bible says here. Happy. You know, sometimes the Old Testament quotes the Beatitudes. Happy are all who go to Him for protection. I go to God when this happens. I go to God for, for when the critics and, 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 and the relationships go south on me. I go to God to say, God, would you protect me? Take care of me. I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust your fairness in this. I'm going to trust your fairness, your justice. 
Jesus did. First Peter says this, when they hurled their insults at Him, He did not retaliate. He kept His mouth shut. Who besides me needs to do that? I, I get, Don, I get my... Scott, they raise their hand. We don't say anything. You know. we, I, I, get, I talk when I should shut up. When he suffered, he made no threats. You know, you read the Gospels and, and the thieves on the cross are threatening the people that crucified them. What are they going to do? Haunt them? If I got off this cross, I would whoop you. Jesus is listening to this. This logic of the world. And he can get off the cross anytime he wants to. But he stays there. Instead, it says he made no threats. He was quiet. How could you be so quiet, Lord? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He said, God will take care of it. I, you know, I've learned over the years, I am going, my, what I say is going to be interpreted and what I don't say is going to be interpreted. Well, I'd rather keep them guessing. And I keep them guessing when I keep my mouth shut. I just trust the Lord. I trust His fairness. Let Him settle the score. What a great passage as we leave this point. Look at this passage here in Psalms. I love this. Look at how many references. We sing a song based on this psalm. I depend on God alone. I put my hope in Him. He alone protects and saves me. He is my defender. And I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honor depend on God. We mean salvation and honor depend on God. My salvation and my reputation depend on God. He is my strong protector. He is my shelter. You know, I think, I th- look at this, as a Christian, I, I am in the shelter of God. If you want to depend on God, you run to His shelter, you get behind His shield, and He will protect you. He will save you. You put your hope in Him. What's going on right now in a relationship you got? You want to get even? You want to get back? Let God take care of it. He knows better than you. His timing is much better than you. You'll wear yourself out. I'm talking to a preacher this morning. We were praying together and he says to him, i got gossip running through my church right now. It's destroying us. If people would just quit talking about one another like that and go to God and talk to God, it would be such a, such a peaceful place. And he's preaching on, he's doing a series on gossip. He's preaching right now. What's the last thing? Being poor in the Spirit is when I depend on God's wealth and not mine. I depend on God's wealth and not mine. I heard this said this week, and this is how it goes. It's in your blanks here. Insecurity is depending on something that can be taken from me. Think about that. We're not talking about an insecure attitude. You know, oh, I'm so insecure. Stop that for a minute. We're talking about an insecure life. An insecure life is depending on something that can be taken from you. Like what? Like your job. Can your job be taken from you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Trusting my bank account, can that be taken from me? Absolutely. It can be stolen. I can lose it. Depending on on something else for my finances, depending on something else for my security, like I I said before, I think I said this to this service. I don't know, maybe I didn't. Richard Rogers said this, this as I listened to him this week. When you want something, it will possess you. When you want nothing, you'll possess everything. And when you, when you say, I want the Lord and nothing else, you possess His kingdom, and that makes you the richest man in town. Talking to a fellow this week, and he goes, my car's broke down. What's wrong? Well, the headlight's busted. You know, the oil, I need to change the oil. I don't have any money. I'm so tired of this. I don't have any money. I go, what are you talking about? you got all kinds of money. 
are you talking about? I don't have any money. Yes, you do. You're the richest man in town. What are you talking about? I said, I'm talking about this weekend. The Bible says we should depend on God's wealth, not our own. But Tim, I don't have any money. Yes, you do. It just happens to be in my bank. How much do you need? Well, I need this for a headlight. I need this for, you know, we're working on his tires and we twist off a lug nut. You know, here I am trying to get ready to go see my granddaughter, excited, and I'm working on an old Toyota. Twisted off lug nut. Well, let's go down to the lug nut store and get some lug nuts. So we go, $17. He looks at me and I go, yeah. I said, don't you understand? You're in the kingdom of God and God owns everything. And you can have it at any moment. He'll, He'll supply. He'll take care of you. He's just using this avenue. You're not taking advantage of me. God is using this. This is how he gets it done sometimes. Now, if you ask for a couple of thousand dollars, we might have to talk. Can you, do you see what I'm talking about here? I depend on what God has and not what I have, is what it means to be poor in the Spirit. Look at this couple of passages up on the screen here. All all the silver and gold belong to me. The world and all that it contains are mine. God says, everything belongs to me. It's all mine. And look, he says in Deuteronomy 8 here on your notes, if you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this and all by myself, I'm rich, it's all mine, well, think again. Remember that that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth. It's all God's. See, God has a lot more stuff than you. A lot more. And He will take care of you. This is something I heard this week that I that helped me. I'd like to again pass this on to you. Look at your job as a channel, not as a source. Look at your job as a channel. What do you mean, Tim? Well, and this is how you illustrated it. You walk up to your sink and you turn on the water and the water begins to spit, and then it spits and it stops. Do you go, oh no, all the water in the world is gone. Is that what you do? There's no water coming out of the tub. It's over. No, you don't. You know there's a lot of water. It's just not coming through there. Something's clogged it up. Something has shut it off. Something between the channel and the source. And this guy said, maybe you just need to go to another tap and turn it on. And it comes out this one. Maybe this is not the job anymore. Maybe it's this one. There's no trouble with the source. And when you start depending on the channel over the source, that's what gets you in trouble. Look at this passage on the heels of this one. Look what Paul says. And with all his abundant wealth, he's talking about God's wealth, through Christ Jesus my God, through Christ Jesus my God will supply all your needs. Through God's wealth, he will take care of you. See, my security is not based on my job. My security, a secure life is not based on my job. It's not based on my bank account. It's not, not based on really anything on this earth. It's based on God on His wealth. And He promises to take care of you. So, look at your notes again. When you look at these five areas, Jesus says, I want you to be poor. You'll be happy if you see your poverty. You'll be happy when you depend on Me instead of this other stuff. Which point do you feel like that's the one I need to work on the most? Are you depending? Is it you need to depend on God's wisdom and not yours? God's strength, not yours. God's timing, not yours. God's wealth, not yours. God's justice, not yours. Which one would you say? And I want you to look at that point. We're going to pray here while you're looking at that. And and after we get done praying here, we're going to 
we're going to sing a song and let, give you a chance to fill out that card, that communication card in your bulletin. People pray over these cards. And then we'll take up, uh, uh, after we sing this first song, we'll take up those cards along with our contribution. Look at what the Bible says here. Look what it says as we close here in Psalms 140, uh, 148 here. 46. It is a great blessing for people to have the God of Jacob to help them. They depend on the Lord their God. It is a great blessing. May God give you a great blessing. And live like a king. Let's, let's pray through these points this morning. Lord God, we, we come to You, Lord, seeing our bankruptcy, seeing our need. We're helpless. We have nothing. We're powerless. And Father, yet we live like we've got everything to lose when we really don't have anything. Without You, it's nothing. So Lord, we pray to accept our poverty to, to see our helplessness, to see where we fall short, Lord, to see where we're poor and helpless, Lord. Father, help us depend on You and depend on Your wisdom over our own. Some of us here need to pray that, Lord. We know we're not, we don't listen to You. We second-guess You all the time. We argue with You. We argue over Scripture that's clear as a bell. We don't like it. It's inconvenient to obey it. And we try to ignore it. Lord, let us not do that any longer. Let us accept it and depend on Your wisdom over our own. Father, sometimes we've made, we have made so many dumb decisions, Lord, and it's because we're not that sharp. Well, help us trust Your wisdom, Lord. Father, some of us here, we barely have the strength of what we're doing now. We're raising kids. We've got a job. You know, and... And here we are at a church that's calling us to commitment, Lord. And we're worried about making ends meet. We're worried about what our children are going to be like. We're worried about our marriages. We're worried, Lord, just about life, our job. And Lord, um, it zaps our strength. It takes our strength. And it's, we, it's not, the, not just physically. It takes a physical toll on us, Father. It takes an emotional toll on us, a spiritual toll, toll on us, Lord, to where we don't trust you like we, we need to. And, and so we find your kingdom is not first, it's third or fourth or fifth. Let us de- help us, Father. If some of us here, we need to be praying this. And Father, I join them. Would you help me? Help us, Father. Depend on your strength to find that strength, to call on you when we're tired and get that second wind. Lord, is it timing? Is that where I need to really depend on you? I know I'm in a hurry. You're always saying, wait. And I want it now. Father, I know some of us here, we're in that boat. We're, we want it now. We, we're tired. we don't want to wait. We ask when we pray a lot of times, Lord, how long? How long are you going to let that person do that? How long are you going to let me have be in this situation? How long is this? And Father, I know you want to say, how long are you going to sit there and, and not depend on me and not surrender to me and let me work it out? Oh, I just feel like sometimes I'm a, like a spoiled kid. I want this toy, and you say, Would you wait? I got a better one. And I don't want to wait. So, Father, I pray those with me on this one, help. would you help us just trust your timing to quit trying to control the clock, to quit trying to change the time, and accept where it is and wait on you while you work. Lord, some of us here have been hurt by people. There's mean people out there. And since we've been a Christian, there's even we find that there's people who are just cruel. They criticize us. They dog us. They don't believe in us. They hurt us. Father, it hurts. It hurts a lot. God, I know some of us here are, are in pain like this. Anguish. Emotional anguish over someone. And we'd love to see them get what they deserve. And Lord, we're going to let that go this morning and let you give them what you think they need, we're going to trust your fairness. We're going, to, we're going to quit talking about it and brewing about it and stewing about it and just back off and let you be fair with it. Lord, 
we live in a, the richest nation in the world. And even if we have a little or a lot, we have this all in common. We want more. And Father, we put a lot of stock in our job. We'll even say, you know, this is my name and this is what I do because we think it brings some kind of validation to our life. And Lord, that's depending so much on things of this earth that will stay here after we're gone. God, I pray that with I pray with those, I pray with them, Lord. We pray this prayer. Would you help me trust your wealth over mine? Help us, Lord, to believe you'll take care of us. Father, we may not like the way you take care of us. We need to give that up too and let you take care of us. Father, I think about a lot of folks that they don't seek your kingdom first and then they wonder why you're not taking care of them. Father, help, help us to seek your kingdom first. Kind of like, um, kind of like this week, Lord, a baby would just rock my world and put, and all of a sudden a lot of priorities went right in place. Father, I know that you have a lot more to do than, than a baby can ever do. So, Father, I pray, I pray, Father, we pray that we'll rely on your wealth and see our job, our, our money, our things are just channels. They're not the source. Let us look to you so we can live like a king, like your king. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.